0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Picks and Sticks podcast, fun music podcast where four great friends talk about the music, bands, and songs that they love. I'm Moro, I'm Gordo, I'm Cecil, and I'm Huff. And this is Picks and Sticks. In this episode of the podcast, we bring you ten great songs from Social Distortion.
1: Welcome everyone to the Picks and Sticks Podcast. <laughs> Cecil's losing his mind already. Uh, <laughs> we're, uh, we're into episode number two. 2021 is the year for those scoring at home. Hopefully everybody's uh everybody's doing okay. I want to remind you, uh, you can get in touch with the show. We are here at uh and sticks podcast at gmail.com. And uh, we we may read your email, which we're actually going to do in a little bit. We are going, we're going back to back with Gord's pouch. That's, can't get enough of my right, pouch, right? You can't, and it's it's a brand new year, and and I feel like we like we just we got to let that flow. Um, and I also want to remind everybody that the uh, the playlists uh, are available on Apple Music, YouTube Music, and uh, and Spotify. So basically, that ends up being our, our top twenty songs of each artist, and and then we also add in our deep cuts at the end. Uh, and the links to those playlists are in the show notes. Uh, and if you use Deezer. Uh, Michael O'Coins helping us out there by creating some li- the uh, playlists on Deezer, and and the reason I wanted to bring that up early, uh, gentlemen, is because mm. I I have been listening to that Black Sabbath playlist that, that like it is un fucking real. I don't know if anyone else has been giving that a go, but I can't stop listening to Black Sabbath. <laughs> Dude, I'm totally with you.
2: Sometimes I'm not sick of the bands we've covered, but I need a bit of a break. Yeah, not so with Sabbath. I just doubled down. That playlist is spectacular. We got it right, boys.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I think I think we did it, and it's. Uh, What's funny is I didn't even realize I'm such a donkey. I didn't even realize as we're you know we're focused on so many other things and trying to make sure we don't completely botch everything. I, as I'm listening to the playlist, I didn't even realize that the first four songs are the actual first four songs. I was like, "This is awesome!" I thought I was only <laughs> listening to the album there for a second. I had, to, I had to see what I was doing. So that tells you, obviously, the alcohol over the over the, the holidays. Where the
0: next four the the. The second for the the second side of Paranoid. Well, oh, yeah. How did oh, that yeah. work out for
1: you? Did you ever? <laughs> did you return that album? What what happened with that? Yeah, I returned it. Did you?
0: Yeah, yeah. They took it back. And the and I, I it, assume you got a replacement. Yep, yeah, I got a replacement. It was good. I I asked if I should just keep it. Maybe it's some kind of collector's thing. And they were like, No, I don't think so, man.
2: And they just threw it in the garbage right in front of you. No, they yeah.
3: laughed. It was like they've like I've never seen this before. They laughed. It's like a misprinted coin. They flipped it for a hundred G's behind your back or something. Right. Yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, this isn't <laughs> <doesn't> worth <laughs> anything.
0: That's <laughs> why <laughs> so I, I check my own lottery tickets now because I'm afraid those guys are going to steal my fucking lottery winnings. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, you're d- you're down a couple of mil. I'm I'm oh, sure I'm sure of it. Yeah. On Easily. the
0: playlist note, though, yeah. I was I've been studying a fair bit, so I had to take a break, and I texted you guys, but I threw oh yeah I threw the Jimmy playlist in, and I was just blown away. Oh, yeah. it was good. Good it was idea. so good, man! Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I hit that one pretty heavy there for a while as well. The the Jimmy, which was funny because I was again. We're not not that we want to go back on old stuff, but I, I never really spent a lot of time listening to Jimmy. And uh, as we got into it, man, I yeah that that uh, you know I all in all I've actually really enjoyed the playlist. Hopefully, the listeners are enjoying the playlist as much as we are. If <laughs> if, if nothing else, we're at least getting something out of it ourselves because the uh, I find the artist uh, playlists are. Uh, Yeah, are awesome to listen to, especially if you've got a long uh, drive ahead of you. Since I've been
3: doing this, I've become a music junkie because all our every band now we listen to, I play our playlist and don't have to listen to the crap. So it's nonstop good tunes. Yeah. And you know what else it's doing though? It's actually, it's costing me a lot of money. I think all four
1: of us are in this a little bit. is, Is now I'm going back on some stuff and just, and because I'm addicted to music and listening to different stuff and I'm buying vinyl all over Mm. the place, I'm Mm. sourcing out different stuff. Like I'm I'm just God, I've always got my wallet out just handing guys money, just picking up vinyl. What's the deal what's the deal with the vinyl? Like I I can't like like what are the
0: stats? Like because I've been shopping for vinyl tons now. Yeah. And there's a lot of people doing it. Is it like the next fad? I don't I don't know. Like is are people going crazy for vinyl? I've heard it's picked up in the last five years substantially from from ten years, fifteen
2: years ago is kind of kind of what I've seen and I don't know if it's guys our age necessarily or what but I I know that business has picked up. It's got well, cool. to be guys our age. See, like, you, a, you
0: know you know what the coolest thing about it though is like I don't like flipping through tunes on my phone or on my computer and then when you go to the store it's kind of like the old days you you flip through all the shit and you find what you like and you you know it it's like a, it's like an experience, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, nobody shops for music like that anymore. You just go to the fucking iTunes store and you're done. I think there's something to be said too to, for listening
2: to, um, listening to entire albums the way the artist wanted them to. Like, you know, just <sighs> just gonna say that. I bought Zeppelin four, like I mentioned, and it's just it the, the side A is spectacular. Well, they're both spectacular, but <laughs> the way that Zeppelin just puts the songs in the order, it's just fucking perfection and. I don't know. You don't get that when you just flip through singles, right?
1: Yeah. You know what else is funny too? Again with the with the older artists. Like I've been collecting a lot of a lot of Neil Young, a lot of Tom Petty, like a lot of a, just sort of I'll call it mellower stuff but like original, you know, music. Is all the albums are like 35 40 minutes long, right? Mm-hmm. And that, and that's why when you buy new music, it comes on, you know, there's four sides, right? Two LPs because they can't they can't fit all the material on it cuz the 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 albums are making them you know they're 60 minutes like the expectation mm-hmm. is there's got to be at least an hours worth of music whereas you know you pick up an old you know Neil Young album and it's 38 minutes and 42 seconds or whatever it is right
0: i can't go anywhere near a fucking record store now cuz I, I love go it. to it and then i buy a bunch of shit i went to london drugs and came out with three records <laughs> what did you buy I bought what did I buy? I bought uh well I bought the first Royal Blood because I oh, uh, nice. normally I wouldn't buy new stuff, but I love that album so much and they had it. Good call. How oh. much did that run you? Like thirty bucks? No, it was like twenty four bucks. Ooh, I, I might have to pick that up. Nobody was buying it. I bought that and they had uh Nirvana Bleach. Oh yes. And uh Radiohead. Pablo. Oh, I got Radiohead for Christmas. Is yeah. it Pablo Honey? No, I got the Benz, my my favorite. That's my favorite album, too. But. Yeah. And then today I was near the mall, and somehow I ended up in uh, record land. Somehow. Came, out with, came out with Public Enemy. Oh. Which one? Takes a Nation of Millions. Oh. Yeah. That's,
1: pretty, that's pretty solid. I was impressed. Um, you got me... A th- Freaking sidetracked, moral, because I've been listening to Tribe Called Quest a little bit. Mm-hmm. I know, right? So to bring the listeners up to speed, so moral, moral, bought the album, and and what was it? Was it warped? Or something was messed up with it? Oh, uh, it was
0: warped. It was so fucking warped. You could not I couldn't even play it on my record player. Right. So
1: we went back to uh, record land where where he, where he bought it, and so they they put it on. So <laughs> as we're walking around and we're looking for music, they're playing this album. Mm-hmm. And it was like I I was like, oh, I forgot how good this song is. And then the next song comes on, and I was like, God damn, or you're a genius. Like this is such <laughs> a wicked album. That's <laughs> one of the most underrated hip hop albums
0: ever. Which one was it? If maybe not underrated, even it it's no. so good. Which yeah. album of theirs? The first one. The very first one, yes.
2: I love Tribe Conquest. We should Low probably cover, we should probably do them soon.
1: Yeah, well we yeah, we probably you're right. We probably should. And and a sh- um I I you know, who's the guy was it was it uh well, I don't remember his first name, Tinsberg, the guy that that emailed in. Was it Ryan? Tins- yes. Tinsy. Yes, okay. we will give him the nickname <laughs> Tinsy. 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 Wasn't he <laughs> Tinsy. wasn't he the guy that was asking about uh uh new artists So and I he know was. that what Ro- Royal Blood's coming out with a new album. I had it written down on it somewhere. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Royal Blood's coming out with a new album here pretty quick. That'd give them three albums, and I think we should add that into the, the list of, of new bands that we that we want to talk about.
0: Definitely.
2: yeah. Maybe we
1: could
0: oh. do a combo new album and uh, some of the uh, best songs from the other stuff.
1: Yeah. Alright, so I don't know. Do we want to call an audible here? We've 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 had a Little bit of conversation. I know the plan was to to break out Gord's pouch. Uh, you know, we're a few minutes into it. Do we wanna do we wanna start talking about today's band or do we wanna rattle off something real uh, dissect something quickly from that email you got, Gordo?
2: Well it's your you know call. why don't we why don't we quickly hit the
1: pouch? Okay, um, let's break out the pouch.
2: This is uh, <laughs> this is from Greg. Greg says uh, hey guys. Not
1: me. No, different I didn't Greg. write this one. <laughs> you did not. I'll write. I'll write the next <laughs> one. Or, or his mom. Didn't yeah. can change wow. your name, man. Come on. Yeah. That'd right? do better. This one from Greg
2: Hoffman. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, so Greg says, uh, "Hey guys, I just started listening to your podcast. It surprised me that four idiots sitting around talking about music could be both entertaining and informative. Well, thanks. Thank you for that, Greg. A um, couple questions. Uh, number one, in your opinion, what are some of the most overrated bands of all time? Hmm very good that that sounds like an episode maybe Greg but number two is what struck me guys and that is what band have you uh, would you have loved to have seen live during the prime of their careers and uh, I got, this got me thinking and I'll get you guys started so I was thinking of bands that you know in the prime of the careers that are not in their prime now I would love to have seen Zeppelin in the prime of their I think or the Beatles. I was gonna say the same thing. I, I just, I think seeing Zeppelin like around 71 would be incredible. Uh, you guys got anything off the top of your head that
1: uh, you'd love Go- to have a time machine? Gore. Gore. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great when, call. Sorry, can you, clari- can you clarify when the prime of their have career you, was? <laughs> what year was that? Has anyone seen Gore? I have. <laughs> I <did.
3: laughs> gore, How no. was it? How was it?
1: Dude, It was unreal. It was unbelievable. I, that had was that a Mac Hall thing, or was that like the Night Gallery nope. or something? I saw the Westward. The Westward Westward Club. Oh, I forgot about the Westward Club. And, okay, um, it's a small venue.
2: Yeah, I walked in and I didn't know anything about them, but my friends told me I had to go. And I walk in and you know how they got those columns that are about thirty feet back from the stage. They were all covered in, in plastic, and I was like, "What? What? What is going on?" And so we got we got pretty close to the stage, twenty feet to the front, and. Uh, Ten seconds in, I take a a hit of fake blood right across the face and I couldn't see. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm wiping out the blood and I'm like, what the hell is happening? And then dude pulls out a four-foot fake dong. (laughs) It was a great show. (laughs) <laughs> it was a great show dude highly regular that was about 90 93 94 unbelievable still <laughs> oh. the uh, scum dogs of the universe speaking oh of blood
0: was that you have at the republic we went and saw not have it well and that guy actually cut a pentagram in his chest.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he pulled out. He pulled out a razor blade and cut a pentagram in a, in his chest while singing a tune, and the blood is just pouring a, down no, his chest no, no. in a bar. In a bar, in yeah, a bar gig. Uh, was that so at the Republic? Those are Repu- was was Republic. Was that the
0: Republic? I couldn't figure out if it was fake, but it like wrestling so- fake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like a guy came in <laughs> with a chair and fucking boom.
2: Yeah, yeah. because he Br- said the fake Br- blood,
0: prosthesis. and I was
1: like, "What about the real blood?" That was fucking weird. That was the craziest thing I think I've ever uh, ever seen. Mm. And that, yeah, and that was like how... small venue. Like it was, like we we're standing, you know, because the way that the the republic is set up for everyone listening, like they're at, it's kind of at the back wall. There's a a stage, and it's a tiny, tiny stage. Mm-hmm. And then you're standing. Well, realistically, you could stand about two feet from the edge of the the stage. We weren't that close, but I bet you we were we were ten, twelve feet from from the stage. And the guy starts carving yeah, up it starts his chest, to cut, and there's like thirty people in the place. They were opening for. Monster Voodoo Machine or something. I can't remember. Yeah, I think something how, like
3: that. Uh, What the interval is like? How many, often he can do that? You know, is it a once a yeah. month or is it once every two? What's the healing time? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah we're,
3: cr- we're, probably not every show that happens. It's not advised, kids. Don't don't <laughs> do that. He just yeah, fix, at picks yeah, a scab not. every show. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I, could, I actually have a question
0: now because yeah, you just brought up so, like Gord. You've played. You've played like all the venues in Calgary. Uh,
3: what was yeah? Good
0: what, you played the Night Gallery. You played the Republic. You played the Westward. You, pl- I mean, you guys played everywhere. Played the Livewire. Yeah. The where the live was wire. your
1: Where was your favorite oh, place to play? Did you? You also played at the at the Mount Royal College too. We did Remember the university and the college.
2: Yeah. Um, okay, my favorite place of all time that we ever played is not actually in Calgary. It was the University of Lethbridge. And the reason for it was the room there is massive, and there's no real other rock bars in the whole town, so there was like, there was like six hundred people at this show, and we opened for uh, Chicks Dig It, which was a well-known oh, punk band, at solid the time. band, yeah, and, and a yeah. couple other bands I can't remember. It was there was like five, six hundred people, and it was freaking chaos. I, and I had the best time. So the, the L, high marks, but in town I'd have to say. Um, the Westward Club was pretty cool because there's been so many good bands through there, like Nirvana and Guar, like we mentioned, and Green Day. Green Day, like so many bands that are up and coming, have been through there. It just when I was there, I just it gave me kind of th- gave me kind of gooseys. I'm like, shit, there's been a lot of good bands on the stage. We better not
1: blow it. Yeah. And then didn't Vows fall off the stage? <laughs> he, might that the f- it, he might oh, have to gink? That's fell off right. <laughs> Let's not fuck this up, boys. Next, you know, thousands in the crowd. I was a little wobbly that night too. Yeah,
0: yeah, we got to play there a few
2: times. I wasn't so on the. Stage. We almost burned that place down too. We we uh, <laughs> were doing a show, and one guy had an idea about having a, for a stage prop a bunch of candles, and it looked cool. But he didn't buy the dripless. It's freaking oh. pinhead gets the norm. So we got like we got like fifty candles, and there's wax everywhere. And I thought we we're gonna burn that old place down. You
3: almost had a white snake on your hands. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, that was was it, that was white. Great white. Line? Sorry, great white. Great white. Yeah. He had, a, he had yeah. a white snake. I he was had. Mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That was after the show.
1: Um, okay. So sorry. We, uh, we'll try and get this back on. Get this back on track. <laughs> see, outside of
3: Guar, is there any other band in their in their hate in that, that that you wanted to see? Yeah, uh, I guess probably you'd want to just sit there and watch Jimmy go watch the yeah. hands hey you'd just be you'd just be uh, I think that'd be incredible yeah yeah
1: i'm i'm going to and i i'm going to go with pink floyd mm. um, oh, yeah. because i i've seen them twice but i i never and i saw Roger Waters separately we talked about this in the pink floyd episode but i never got to see the band like i would have loved to have seen you know like the dark side of the moon tour right when when the when the band was together with Roger, the whole th- that that is probably pretty high on uh, on my list. And mm-hmm. then, honestly, you know, something I guess a a little more recent would it would be Nirvana. I I think it, it would have been awesome to be able to see that that band. Yeah. At, I don't even care what tour it was. Mm-hmm. Anytime to be able to see them. So
0: what about you, moral oh, I'd have, I'd have to go with what you said. I I would want to see Zeppelin right after. Led Zeppelin too. Oh, yeah, because Led Zeppelin 1 is my favorite Led Zeppelin album by far. Mm. I just that is just a killer fucking yep. album, and two is so good too. So I would have loved to see, seen him back then. That would mm-hmm. have been crazy.
2: I had a I had a chem teacher back in the day that, that saw Zeppelin and um, and Deep Purple, but he was like this nerdiest like normal chem teacher dude, and you're just you looked at him a little differently. You're like dude, you saw Zeppelin.
3: Back yeah. In oh yeah, chem teacher. He was making LSD. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Sure,
2: you're a chemistry teacher. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
2: white. white, the blue mask. <laughs>
1: <E-morrow. laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly so, it.
2: So Huffman, I assume our listeners are intelligent enough to know uh, what we're talking about today. They they clearly clicked on it, and there's a title. But why don't you, why don't you tell them? What we're uh, what we're doing here today?
1: Yeah, so let's uh, let's scoot into today's uh, today's band. Today's topic is social distortion, oh. uh, affectionately known as social D. Uh, you know, basically, you know, Mike Ness, lead guitar, vocalist, very distinct voice. I would say um, I was surprised that the band was formed in in nineteen seventy eight. That seemed a little
3: yeah. little early, but I guess Isn't that you know, and,
1: yeah, it is wild. It, it would have been. I mean, they're, they've probably got some early stuff, but obviously their first album, "Mommy's Little Monster," didn't come out till till '83. But it's uh you know, they're a, a California. Now, this is the question I wanted to ask you. Now, you know, they're I guess a punk band. Um, would you call them like? I mean, the the spectrum of punk is obviously a you know fairly wide. Mm-hmm. Um, are they a punk band? I mean. Are they? They're not really rockabilly, like they're not like a Reverend Horton Heat or like a Straight Cats or something like that, you know. But they do have some, I would say Elvis, that, uh, Elvis influences,
3: and Elvis was a little rockabilly,
1: mm-hmm. right?
3: There's some country in there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Cease, what you can say? I find the country twang creeps in there in Prison Bound. Oh yeah, Um just. The first one, yeah, them, I think, really is early. straight punk. So even, yeah, even young, they had. A, I think there's two or three songs on that album have a country twang. Um, yeah, but Mike Ness, uh, in one interview, he described his his sound, and it, he it was I you couldn't describe it more bang on. He said we're, we're like the Ramones meets the Rolling Stones, and I was like, hmm. that's perfect because the Stones have a little country rock. Yeah, one. they well, do. Well, they're more blues country, but yeah, the, yeah. Uh, But on the rock side, I, I think I guess a little more country than the Stones, Ramones, of course, but hmm. that. that that sounds summed it up the best. One of the three of the listening. Interesting I mean, mix. I think, I
2: think they definitely start off like their contemporaries. I mean, we're talking about like, you know, Black Flag and mm-hmm. you know, Bad Bad Religion, Circle Jerks, that that type of stuff, right? All around the same time, and they all you can, they all do share like a, a definite like ancestor, if you will. But you're right. I think it was their second album, Prison Brown, in '88, where they definitely changed. But that first album was a punk album through and through to me. Yeah, was it a little monster?
1: Yeah, and the production on it it was very <laughs> limited. Eighties and very, it was light, like it was. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say tinny, but it it it. I don't know. It, it was very you know eighties punk kind of sounding. Uh, mm-hmm. I was I was looking at it too because I was trying to find. And I'll get into this a little bit later. Um, just I was, I was looking at the the band members, and again, they've had a million different. Uh, band members, um, Mike Nessel obviously being the, the the guy that's been around. Some of the some of their their guys, so so Johnny Two Bags, um, <laughs> rhythm guitar, he's been with them since two thousand. Uh, Brent Harding, uh, yeah, bass player in, since two thousand five, and then uh, their drummer uh, since since twenty ten. A couple of interesting things I want to bring up to you guys. Um, uh, I had to do my own research, which reminds me, you know, uh, if you'd like to join the research team, feel free to send your resume to Picks and Sticks Podcast at <laughs> gmail.com. Um, Relax. So they, it, five former members have died. Nice. Five. Yeah. Three bass players and two drummers. So they're kind of like Spinal Tap. And <laughs> so if if you get the call, if Mike Ness calls you, uh, Cecil, if he calls you to play bass, <laughs> the answer is no. You're be <laughs>
2: well, the one guy died from a... And it wasn't all drugs. Like one guy was on a motorcycle and got hit by a semi-truck.
1: Like, yeah, one guy had just, an aneurysm. Yeah, just so it, crazy wasn't, yeah, it shit. wasn't like it was all uh uh you know drugs. L-A-V-I-N. Right. <laughs> and then this one I found interesting because we were just talking about this band, I don't know, a couple of days ago. There's a band, a very we'll say unknown band uh, overall popular in, in parts of California, but a band called the Cadillac tramps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is a band uh, for the listeners to bring you up to speed here. This is a band that, that again was, was big in, in California, that area. And they toured from time to time. And we would go see this band all the time. They're an absolutely incredible band Mm -hmm. Um, for whatever reason. I don't know why they didn't, they didn't make it, but you can now find their music. They broke uh, up on, Right on the on the popular um, apps, but Johnny Two Bags, who's yeah. was in Cadillac Tramps, and I did not know that.
2: I didn't know that till we were doing the the you know the listen through for this podcast either. And I you know I was uh, we were talking about the Republic the bar earlier, and I actually was in a band <laughs> that got to open for the Cadillac Tramps at the Republic one time. And so oh, I, that's I, insane. I, I, I forgot them. about that. I met them back, sorry, it wasn't backstage, it was, it was actually outside, beside the stage there. And uh, they, they were just like the, the coolest dudes. They were like, you know, they didn't have that air of superiority. They are just, hey, what are you guys doing? And I mean, I had to I had to pay full price for my t-shirt, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, there's no but, discount, right? I remember meeting Johnny Two Bags because I, I, I was impressed that with his guitar style. And I know that's not always easy being a punk guitar player, but... I got uh, yeah. I got to open for the Cadillac Tramps, and they they were opening for the time uh, for Pearl Jam. Were they? Wow, that's insane. Yeah, did, uh, they were on the Pearl Jam tour, and
3: they did a side show at the Republic. Yeah. Oh, did you you guys see oh. another State of Mind? Anyone no. watch that? No. Yeah. No? Yeah. You see what that? What is that? Dude. Yeah. This is the most incredible. Okay, you so watch it. Can you educate so, me. Okay, so it's nineteen eighty two. It's um documentary of social distortions tour with Youth Brigade okay. and in Youth Brigade was Johnny Two Bags okay. and they, um, they, they oh, the footage though, they whip up through uh, through uh, California and then majority of the documentaries through their Canadian uh, tour and they get to Calgary and right away they're, they're, the band members are saying okay Best town we've been to yet. Best by mm-hmm. far. The kids here are so nice. Ooh. And they were shacked up at a place. Uh, I looked it up after, and it's famous. It's called the Calgary Manor. It was on Crowchild Trail. They had to move it. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of the footage is of them at the the Calgary Manor. skateboarding on the half pipe. The show Ness. Working on like a new song, which was happened to be another State of Mind on his acoustic. Oh was, shit! Huh. Oh, it was it was it was it was yeah, it was so cool where, to count. Ca- and where um, can I find this documentary? Is it on Netflix? It's on, it's on Amazon. It's on YouTube. It's on Amazon or YouTube. Okay. Sorry, sorry, YouTube. No, yeah, oh. and they, uh, yeah, and they, they show footage from a Winnipeg concert, which is phenomenal too. It's uh, no way. yeah, it was pretty cool. But I, if uh, you if you want, it, you can borrow Conlon's VHS tape of it. <laughs> but, but, but yeah so I watched no, that I'm serious. there's a Cadillac Tramp there's a Cadillac Tramps documentary on Amazon and that show, uh, shows the Pearl Jam story which uh, they, uh, they were um, they finished a tour putting their instruments away thought they were arrest- going to take a rest well no cell phones checking the answering machine manager's like why don't you call me back Pearl Jam asked for you guys to open for them in Calgary So they had to pack up their stuff, whip back up to Calgary. And uh, they said their time was to go on. And Eddie Vedder was like, sit down. Wait till the stadiums, wait till till the crowd's all here. And held them off. And then he went out and he uh, personally introduced the Cadillac Tramps. I was at that show, dude. It was unbelievable. There you go. Max Bell. They they said that too. They said they saw Gord. That Maybe that's that. when they got their country
0: <laughs> influence.
2: <laughs> they kicked off this guy that kept grabbing their leg. Get the fuck off me, kid. Yeah, <laughs> who's <is> this guy? <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was an amazing show. Cadillac like Tramps opened
3: for Pearl Jam and Max Bell. Great video. Pretty, I think I was at the Republic show with you guys. Now at all, because I remember seeing them then, and I remember, yeah, I was at that one. I met uh, Gabby, the lead singer. He, well, we're talking about the wrong band now, but he was doing the back swim the whole time. That move is my favorite. Oh, The, back <laughs> the back backstroke.
1: That's right. Yeah. That's the thing
2: about that band. They were so polished and professional. Like Unreal. Y- y- you could just tell they were from another league,
3: right? Like Yeah, like no doubt yeah. open for them, offspring open for them. Huh. You know, they, they, got, oh, they used to they go they got as bananas on stage. Yeah.
1: We should just got change
3: it. this podcast to Let's the
1: like like Yeah, like why don't we just do that? <laughs> hey, but you know what? Like I I loved that band. And you know, unfortunately there's there's probably similar stories you know, a, across the country, around the world that, you know, great bands that that just for whatever reason never made it. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, for, for those out there that, I don't know, are into that kind of California kind of, I don't know, they're a little more rockabilly, I, I guess, but they're surfer. I don't know. How would you classify the Cadillac tramps? But in any event, uh, check out some of their music. But the rhythm guitarist, uh, Johnny Two Bags, is, is in... Uh, Social D, who we're talking about today. So
3: let's uh, let's get back to uh, to Social yeah.
1: D. Well, uh, well, this one, band, la, one last you know, sorry, one last ahead, comment on ahead. that
3: documentary. Yeah. One of the the Youth Brigade uh, lead singer, mm-hmm. he gives slam dance dance instructions, not <laughs> mosh instructions. Slam dance, slam Thank. dance. That goes, Thank that you. That
1: ties it back into like, like episode two, I think. Like, like an adult,
0: yep. we're slam dancing, son.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: What were we going to say moral? I forgot how much I love this band. I haven't Social listened. D? To, I haven't listened to him in so long. Me too. And I remember, it it brought back like this like visual memory, like memories. And when I moved to when I moved to Vancouver <clears throat> to do my music production stuff, mm-hmm. I remember packing up the Cutlass with Conlon, and. Uh, the cutlass. Oh yeah. And I had that badass stereo in there. We drove from from Calgary to Vancouver with all our shit, right? I was going to school. He was going to, you know, do whatever, get a job. And uh the whole way there it was somewhere between heaven and hell. Yeah. And uh it was unbelievable. And I it, and we used to listen to Social D all the time. And uh I I kind of forgotten that. So when I listened when I was listening to the band, I was and all, all the albums, all the albums because I've listened to all of them so many times. Uh it just brought back some like huge passion for music in me. I don't know what it is about this band. So I, mm. I just uh it's one of those bands where it's like I feel like the the music is kind of a canvas for his stories and he's a bit of a badass dude and it's yeah. just uh mm. I can't say enough about this band.
2: I, I'd say for me, my my fondest part of this going down this process with Social D was I'm embarrassed to say I had not heard any of Hard Times and Nursery Rhymes, Uh, released in 2011. I just Mm -hmm. for whatever reason didn't hear it, and I was deeply impressed with that album. Like, yeah, it was that isn't a weak last album. Like that is a solid addition to the whole library, man. Great.
1: Yeah, it it, oh, there's it really the first
2: grade, fuck great yeah.
1: album. <laughs> well, and that's you know and, and I don't I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here to you know get to the to the list but yeah, this is a you know a band that particularly with the the self-titled album and everything after that, that's those are really the albums that you know the five albums that I really listen to a lot and it just so happens that my you know, my favorite song comes from their, you know, their their last album, which is mm-hmm. very strange, I guess, I would say for a band, you know, that you've listened to for whatever it is, 20 years or, mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Normally you're like, ah, you know, they kind of sold out or as they get older, they, you know, they don't resonate as much or whatever. But yeah, I'm with you there. I can pick, I can pick songs off of every album. And like Morrow said, like, for me, the memories that, that, that came back, particularly with somewhere between heaven and hell, mm. we listened to a lot of that camping, sure and uh, my wife you know loved that that album as well. She doesn't necessarily agree with very much of, of my music, particularly now that, that she's, she's a little <laughs> bit older, but um, that was one of those albums. But she's 25, you idiot. yeah yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Would, would you guys also suggest uh,
2: I'm just throwing this out there, but they don't actually have a weak album. Like it's it's crazy they have with the seven albums. They obviously have some better than others, but there was not one album where I'm like, "Yeah, this is kind of their pre pass. It's kind of shitty." I I thought there's good yeah. songs off of each
1: album. I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Even the yeah. early, st- I mean, the first two albums aren't my aren't my favorite, but then mm-hmm. again, you know, there's especially the title track "Prison Bound" mm-hmm. um, is is awesome,
0: right? Yeah. Like, yeah, well. One of the things that Mike Ness did, I watched another feature on him on YouTube. Um, it was something called Chasing Tone or something. It's about his guitar tones. And they went from the, the... Like, he's always been a good songwriter. His lyrics have always been pretty cool. But his yep. guitar tones, he, uh, he sort of evolved those over time. And the new stuff, and he's he, like, he's in love with vintage Les Pauls. He never wanted to use a Les Paul. It's hilarious because he thought they were too heavy, and he couldn't jump high enough on stage.
1: Oh, so he, oh so
0: like he, physically so he, too heavy. Yeah, he, <laughs> they were. He's, what, and they are heavy guitars, but but then, now he's got like a fetish for vintage, like vintage, vintage Les Pauls, and it's all about tone. It's all about the wood. And you can hear it what? on the new stuff. His guitar tone is fucking brilliant.
3: Like it really is.
0: What's oh, the deal with know.
3: that? What's the deal with the capo? Is it capo or capo? How are you, with the th- I thought it was capo. Oh yeah, we got another guy with a bum finger. Yeah. And then what's what? he do? What's how does he tune in his guitar and the capo and all that? Well, he he tunes
0: his guitar a half step down and then puts a capo one full step up. But he does it. He said he does it because his his index finger is fucked up. <laughs> the two drummers are staring. What? <laughs> uh, we're, we're like, well, what are you talking
1: well, about? Well, no, because we talked about it. <laughs> Why What motherfuckers chopping off your fingers and busting it? Like <laughs>
0: his his index finger is fucked up. He he like cut the nerves with a knife when he was younger. Hmm. So he has trouble playing with his index finger. So he plays the guitar a bit differently. Huh. I didn't. Wait. But- He plays through that Fender Basement amp, and it's his guitar tone is just fucking balls to the walls in your face. I love it. It's it's fantastic. Right?
2: Like it's very recognizable. It's it's and I love
1: his I love his voice, his his tone. You know, I did end up and we maybe we should have, I think you mentioned uh, before we started recording, moral that we probably could have included Mike Ness's two solo albums because I listened to I gave him a kind of a once over because I haven't listened to them and they are very to me they're social D with a, with a, with a different band right mm-hmm. like different different players although I think, yeah, I think two bags on plays the on, on the solo stuff yeah they're a little more a little more country sure all right. Um, oh. There you go. I mean, we're kind of all over the place as as we wing it. I think now would be a good time to get into the top 10. Let's do it. Um, so the top 10 list, to bring everyone up to speed, uh, there are four of us, of course. And uh, we each produce our own top 20 lists. And then what we do is we uh, we feed those lists through the patented picks and sticks algorithm, and it produces a, a top 20, well, it ranks all of them, quite frankly. And then we look at the top 10 and like i mentioned earlier the top 20 end up in a uh, on our playlist and then we'll add the deep cuts and stuff to that a little bit later so i will as, encourage everybody
0: if you're going to listen to this playlist listen to all 20 songs cuz they're all fucking so good
1: anyway yeah and i bet you Mm-hmm. Once this is all said and done once we add the deep cuts it's probably going to be I'm guessing around 27 28 songs maybe mm-hmm. maybe 26 somewhere in there. Yep. Um, and yeah give it a just give it a, a front to back and I think uh, uh, I think it's a great mix, and there's some, you know, there's some new stuff, there's some old stuff, there's you know, some faster stuff, some more country stuff. It's a great mix of things, which is
0: I got, which is, I got a couple of nuggets for the deep picks too, because I phoned Conlon, who is the perennial social D fan. Oh yes, uh, seen him seven times. Seven. Uh, uh, so I figured I better, I better check with the master. Uh, so he's got a couple picks that we'll add to the deep cuts Sweet. later. Um, all right, we, I can't before, wait. To-
2: before we oh, get oh, to the... sorry, did have any of you guys seen them live? Because I haven't. I didn't get to see them
1: twice. Yeah, yeah. I've seen them. I've seen them twice. I was looking, so I keep all my all my ticket stubs. The only one I could find, and I think both times I was with you, Moral. Um, then I've seen the, them three times. Okay, I've seen them twice, and I think, I believe the most recent recent the the last time i saw him was 1997 which was just after the white light white heat white trash it was on it was on that that tour nice um and it was a spectacular show i I, the funny thing is i brought up the set list because i was like i can't even remember what they played obviously and i was looking through the the set list and they played two songs that are noted as being new songs that you can't find. So I don't know if if they were like new songs mm. that they were working out and they just decided to gas them. You can find them on on YouTube, but um, mm. anyway, I won't add those to the deep cuts because you can't find them. But um, yeah, they there was a uh, they played at Mac Hall. both times I saw them. They played mm. at Mac Hall. Nice. I saw him in the Vogue Theater in Vancouver,
0: and it was f- fucking phenomenal. Oh, that would have been a great place to see him too. Every time I've seen him, Mike Ness has been in a fucking growly mood. And apparently that's a normal
1: thing. <laughs> yeah, he, I thought he was growly at the one that, like I said, and I, so that was at that time they were going through a couple of drummers and they brought in Chuck Biscuits for that tour. So Chuck's never been on a, well, he plays on the, the live at the Roxy or whatever that, there's that live album that they did after the 96 album. Um, yeah. He plays on, I didn't realize that Chuck Biscuits is Canadian. Um, I read that on on Wikipedia oh, again. Is. Doing my own research sucks. I so we need to get our research team back best, up, up best to speed. Drum, maybe the best drumming name ever, Chuck oh. Biscuits. One hundred percent, and and I love a lot of the stuff that 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 he's done. Um, oh, the first right. Danzig album, he kills it anyway. Yes. that's yeah. yeah. The well, topic. he played. Yeah, he played on all the Danzig albums, right? Yeah, right? It's killer. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's start with n- number eleven. <laughs> <laughs> it's, <why not>? uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, people, we don't make this stuff up. It, we actually do have 11 songs again. So tied for 10th place. And it's always a tie uh, in 10th spot, but in any event. Um, a
2: legit tie, no no less,
1: right? It's uh, It always Only works out time. that way. Yeah, yeah. So we've got uh, From White Light, White Heat, White Trash, Don't Drag Me Down, um, which is, I mean, it's a, that whole album is, is, sorry, is it okay if I go completely off the rails here? Because yeah. I was, I was thinking, cause you know, it was at that time when I was kind of learning how to drum and there were a couple of bands that, that I listened to, which kind of formed the way that I, that I played. And this, one of the albums was white light, white heat, white trash. And the other band was, was, was Pennywise. And I started thinking like, I, I wouldn't call it, I don't know if it was a resurgence of of punk around that time, around that you know early '90s, and you know and those kinds of things. When you think like 1996, uh, when that White Light album came out, I mean the other albums, the other punk albums that that came out, like Sublime had their album, the first Goldfinger record came out, uh, No Effects had Heavy Petting Zoo, Bad Religion had their follow-up, they had The Great Race, like it was their follow-up to Stranger Than Fiction from a year or so before that. I mean, The the, the Descendants had one. Uh, you know, in 94, it was Dookie, Stranger mm-hmm. Than Fiction, Out Come the Wolves by Rant. So, like, all in this... And Pennywise this,
3: was huge then, too. The Pennywise probably.
1: was huge, and I listened to a shitload of Pennywise. So, right in the middle of this sort of punk reinvention or whatever, and this was one of the albums that 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 I loved because it was it was such a it was a faster you know if you listen to that album compared to Between Heaven and Hell that came out four years earlier. Yeah, like they're, they're different. I agree. Um and the funny thing was that like I, I mimicked a lot of the drumming styles and stuff from there and I was like I gotta find out who this drummer is. And it and it was a it was a fucking session drummer. It wasn't <laughs> even a guy no, really, really? You know, it was a guy by the name of Dean Castronovo. Who no one's ever heard it, he, and he's not even credited on the album. Apparently, so I was sitting there and I, I thought, well, I, I I love the drumming, and I'm going to probably bring that up maybe too many times, but don't drag me down. Is you know, it starts out with with you know drums and a really wicked bass line, and then it it kicks into that into that riff, and this is this is one of my favorite songs off the album. It's just it's a kick ass, straight up punk rock song. Love it.
0: Oh, my favorite line is that. Uh I'm gonna go to the White House
1: and paint it black. I'm like, oh man, did he write that last week? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well there's it's funny how uh the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? There's a lot of bands um and there's a band that's that we're gonna be doing in February. We'll talk about later that that you know they wrote lyrics around this time as well, early nineties and and a lot of that shits the same well, he, old same old right I
0: mean, you read any of his shit it's he's really pissed off about the state of society and you know that song's about
1: that for yeah. sure it's a lot of his his main two topics are exactly that or or love gone wrong he's got there there are more you know we'll call them love songs or you know breakup songs or whatever it is like there's a, a lot of those and a lot of really really wicked uh lyrics that 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 he's written around those around those topics
3: in our uh uh, in our top 10 uh we got three only two songs that start with down sorry his top 20 they have three songs so a lot of down on your luck songs oh i didn't didn't know i didn't know that okay speaking of down down on the world down here and there's another one yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) oh well
1: well yeah don't yeah don't drag me down which is the other one down here, down in oh, the world it is. again? there, so, it there is. are down, down, down in the top <laughs> ten. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, I never noticed that. There you go. And 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 the other song that was tied for number ten, while it doesn't have "down" in the in the <laughs> song title, "Born to Lose" is is kind of a you know not an uplifting song by by any means, but uh, "Born to Lose," which is off the uh, somewhere between Heaven and Hell uh, uh, album, which is uh, you know another. I don't know, lyrically, very, very smart song, I would say. I feel
0: like it's the Coles Notes story of his life, really. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, yep. that's a good way to look at it. Sure. Not to use another one of the song names, but it kind of sounds like it is. I never I never caught
1: that. Yeah, that, yeah saw, you're right. I see yes. what you did there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't do know. that on purpose. But I do, you know, when you read the lyrics, you're like, oh, fuck, man. Every. I think everyone's felt like that, like you read it and you go, "Oh yeah, yeah, born yeah. to lose, yeah. fucking nothing's going right, everything's going to shit," and that's uh, kind of what the song's about. But
1: yeah,
0: wow,
2: yeah.
1: I don't, There's, there's...
0: For, for for a band that he has so many lyrics that are like a little bit of a downer, but the me like the way that
3: they put it together, it's like there's it's invigorating an invigorating so music, it's not it's, whiny, you know. Yeah, it's not whiny at all. Yeah, there's a, a like it's not like he's crying or whining. It's there's something I don't know. There's something tough about it too. You know, I think he does such a good job, and and this might be the one one of the bands. I guess
1: I won't say the band, but one of the bands that I've paid more attention to the lyrics that than I traditionally would, and I think he paints such a a good picture with his word and, and Born to Lose is a good example. It's funny that it, I mean, you know, it it was a hot summer's night, in mid July, a hangover and a black eye, right? Like it's (laughs) right. Like the, the 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 choice of the imagery, the choice of words that, that he uses. It's like, it's not like a hot summer's night, mid July, you know, hangover. Mm -hmm. So you know how he's feeling, you know, he's got the black, eye, like the, I don't know. I think it's a, um, that's just a tremendous song as well. Definitely. Um, this next song at, coming in at number nine, I, I'm interested to hear more. about this is a song that I I enjoyed it. It it didn't crack my top twenty, unfortunately. But so it didn't it didn't crack my top twenty or Cecil's. And then uh, Morrow had it second. Gord had it nine. I'm talking about the Creeps from Mummy's Little Monster. Yeah. Great tune, Love Love it. I said it.
0: Cut there, you go. Love it.
2: Ding 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 ding.
0: <laughs> That's a punk rock album, anthem, Dude, man. Yeah, this is a
2: great representation of their early work, like "Mummy's Little Monster," and it's my favorite song off that album. Uh, it, and it's got the double bass. I don't know how much Social Distortion has the double bass, but it's it's good. Got the double kick drum and. um yeah, they don't sound like this on their sec this is the only album where they sound like this the, and the creeps is their probably best song they sound like, like a lot it. of other socal bands at the time but it's it, they did a heck of a job on this one
0: yeah it's not it, the deepest lyrics I think it's actually uh, yeah. like four sentences in it yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's keeping yeah. it brief yeah <laughs> just, just a little teaser
0: I just want to give you the creeps yeah uh, <laughs> Well, yeah. That seems as though I don't have a problem doing that, so maybe that's why I relate to it.
1: Yeah, Mor- oh, yeah. Moro's Anthem*. That's why he had it number it's, two on, <laughs> on 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 his list. He was like, "Man, this this song is really speaking to me." Um, you know, it's so it's funny. So that's that's the number the number nine song um, that Gordon Morrow had, and then the number eight song Gordon Moro didn't have that song, and this is a song that me and Cease had, and we had this song fairly high. And and I and I got to be honest when when we put all the lists together, I thought I had this song on my list because I really liked it, and then I took it off, and then I put it back on. The song's called "Bakersfield, Hard Times and Nursery Rhymes" is the album, and I thought I was going to be the only guy that that had it. And Cecil had it up at number three. I had it number eight on my list, but just a, you know, a country style. I, 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 I have a hard time. Explaining this band because you know, in in one sense, I love the "Don't Drag Me Down"s that are just like really rock and fast, in your face punk rock songs. And this Bakersfield
3: song, I just I couldn't stop listening to it. Some great spoken word in the middle of it too. Yeah, But it's uh, yeah. about being away from home, you know, and wanting to come home. So I, uh, I change the word to Douglasdale when I sing it. <laughs> oh <goodness>. The Douglas. <laughs> it actually works out. It's got the right syllables.
0: It. <laughs> it's really yeah. uh, reminiscent of his solo stuff.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, you're, you're right. right. Yeah, and it I, is yeah, an that,
0: uh, it is an outstanding song for sure. I love it. One of their prettier I had, songs? I think mm-hmm. every song that everyone else had on their list, I had on my. I, I ended up with 58 songs <laughs> on my 58? playlist. 58?
3: 58? I only see what 58. I got. Here.
0: And that, and I had to delete some because I was like, this is just too much, but.
3: 58. Oh, yeah, Yeah, was, was in there.
1: I at, at forty two. <laughs> yeah, I was thirty five. It was, yeah, it, <laughs> it, 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 was de- it was definitely challenging, but it's you know again as as the listeners listen to the the playlist, uh, so we'll move up to number seven, which is "Down on the World" again. Again, oh. going back to white light, white heat, white trash. Mm. Um, you know, in the order of things that they're going to go, it's going to go down on the world again, and then you know which is this song is a. You know, again, it's a straight-ahead punk rock song, right? Um, it's got a great little solo in it. I like. And the then cre- we go into the- Bakersfield, and then we go to the Creeps. Like it, it's, it's yeah. going to be a really cool playlist when we get it all yeah. together.
2: I really like the uh, the good the big Sonic opening. It's a little different for them, you know. They just it's it's not your typical social D f- formula, if you will, right? It's I don't know what it is about this song. It's just got a nice big fat opening. It's not a riff. You know what I mean? It's a lot of heavy chord.
1: Yeah? Yeah, good call. Um yeah, for whatever reason we're um I never again I never noticed that we we're that heavy on on this album. And the number number 6 song is also from that album called Down Here. And then in brackets with the rest of us. This is that that's not my my favorite song, so I didn't. I didn't have it. Uh, it didn't even make my short list of however many I had it. But you know, on the flip side, Gordo, you had it second on your list. I did. It. I don't know what it was. This song just totally spoke to me. It's got you know, it's,
2: it's it's a bit of an anthem. Yeah. Um. It's got the slower big guitars and, you know, it's got the line "You're working for the man," and uh, it it really is. It's just it's just a working man song. It's about working, coming home every day, but doing the right thing for your family, not getting credit, and just you know. Grinding and out, brother. Grinding and, grind grind, and out. Just grind, just chipping away.
0: And, yeah. uh, but it's down here with the rest of us, right? Yeah. It's, like, yeah, it's almost it's just, like a fall from grace or something. Like I read the lyrics and I was like, fuck.
2: That's funny. I read the lyrics on this one too. Like, I had to. It's, I don't know what it is. It's, it's just a good working man song that I related to and, it, and it's catchy, right? So,
0: yeah. His guitar tone in that is, it's like so prominent. Mm hmm. Definitely, yeah. You you can definitely hear. It. He plays some. He plays some pretty thick chords, and then he plays through that Fender Bassman, which was originally designed for a bass amp. So that's why his guitar is just like hmm. booming. Yeah, yeah. It has a big thick opening. I, I really like that one.
1: Uh, okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> down, oh, now we're down here with the rest of us. <laughs> <Yeah. with> <laughs> there you go. There's
1: All right, you know. as, we, as, we, as we slide into the, into the top five, this, so Cold Feelings comes in at number five. That's from uh, Somewhere Between Heaven and Hell. This song, <sighs> I think, I want to say, this was the first um, Social D
3: song that, that I heard. I had those um, after my fortieth birthday. <laughs> <laughs> the cold feelings? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Sorry, this, Arab. This, this song I hear this song and I just I, it just reminds me of camping. I just I can't I it's like I can smell the campfire as the song's playing. That's that's awesome. This right? song
3: this is the first cover tune we learned morrow.
0: Cold feelings, Huff it? Is that? Isn't it? I don't know. It was.
1: Oh, he no, got all the rules. Got all the rules. Oh yeah, right. got know the rules. Had to oh, be a yeah. misfit
3: song. This was the second uh, social oh, distortion. Fuck, social song distortion. We
1: yeah, that's right. It was. I forgot that we that we played that that a little bit. Um. Uh. We'll we'll, we'll move into number four. Story of my oh, life. Oh, I just wanted to say oh, something oh, about oh, that. Oh, back up, back up. My bad. I
0: wonder, That's about him getting sober.
2: Shit. Cold
1: feelings. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The, the DTs, yeah. he was he got
2: sober yeah. between the first and second album, if I'm not mistaken. That's why there's such a delay from their uh, f- from the albums because it went from um, sorry oh, between it went from the '83 monkeys. and then '88. Prison Brown came out in '88, so there's five years oh, there. And I, okay. There's kind of two lost years there for him where he was just you know going through some tough times. I believe it was heroin or whatever. And but anyways, I think you're right, Moral. That is about uh, that time.
0: It's about. How numbed his f- feelings were, and then and then he had to feel them again, which is fucked up. Hmm. Makes sense. I, yeah. Well, either that, it's, or it's about Sunday night before you have to head to the office. You know, when you can't <laughs> it's, sleep, it's one of those two things.
2: It's, it's one, one of those, of those things. two things. Well, do
1: you ever get that? <laughs> yeah, laying I awake do. at night. Just, uh, what do we got next, buddy? Uh, number oh, four is "Story of My Life" from the self-titled so album. Oh,
2: good, "La La La's. This yeah, is, this is probably peak rockabilly right here, right? Like this, la, the, la, the most rockabilly la, you're gonna hear in a social D. It's almost doop. Yeah.
1: It does have that. It's got that you know the, that that kind of love song. You know, it the, the girl from high school that never noticed him, and he, you know he goes through wondering what she's doing now, stuff like that. It, it's a it's a reminiscent kind of type song. I love the there's a line in there, you know, if, if anyone's ever gone back to you know, an old neighborhood that you used to live in or if you've changed cities and you go back to that city or whatever, but that line in there the the pool hall I loved as a kid is now uh, 711. <laughs>
2: yeah. That
1: just, you know, it's like mm-hmm. I don't know, it just uh, that 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 whole song um I just love. I just love the, the the whole storytelling in that song. He
2: might he might write more reflective songs than any other band we've done so far, right? Like he He's very nostalgic, very reflective, and, and not in a, a sappy way either. Some it's just some of them. There's there's a lot of points to be made, like whether it's political or whatever, but I don't know. He's and he seems to just hit the nail on the head, like you said earlier about the You know, the summer and the black eye and stuff. He he does a good job painting a picture.
0: He does a great job, and I think he creates I mean, good visuals. Yeah. I mean, he evokes emotion, too, because, you know, and it, when you when you, when you you listen to the song, it's like, oh, uh, yeah, you kind of reminisce about, you know, the old times because you always, <laughs> yeah, you go through your life always thinking the old times were so much fun, right, which they yeah. were. But I was kind of like, oh, yeah, it kind of made me remember about shit we used to do. It's funny
1: reminiscing
2: about him reminiscing, right? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: And I think that's what draw. I mean, to go back to the the song that we talked early, about earlier, Bakersfield. I think that's one of the reasons why I like that song so much. It it has that that misty feel to it. It just it's a slower kind of country style tune. And I'm not. I don't think any of us would consider ourselves to be country fans but Mm. there's just something about that 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 kind of brings it all together uh number three we're going back to white light white heat white trash Mm. dear lover is that the opening track on the album i should know that yeah it is 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 it not Dear Lover, and this is interesting to me because dear lover was both the number one songs for gordo and moro
0: yeah,
2: I was absolutely shocked, and I'm not calling you guys out, but I was shocked that you and Cecil didn't have this on your top 20. I I thought this was a shoe in number one song. Um, if not for everyone, then at least our list. And I think this is everything that's great about Social D. It's um, It's got a great intro, then a bit of a time change, and it's just a pounding riff that is so catchy and
0: memorable. Um, oh, the drumming's great in it. The, d- the drumming is great in it. I'll give you that.
2: Yeah. It's this the whole beat of the song is just driving. And I love his singing. He tries, he sings really high, almost almost out of his range when he tries to sneak in a really high dear lover. He tries to sneak down. Oh, there, yeah. And it sounds, I, I don't know what it is about this song, but it uh, is I miles can't ahead the
3: pain no more. of my number two. Hey, it's too sad for me. Yeah. Sad. Uh, is it, is it is a sad. sad? Song. It, it's like very
0: I couldn't figure out what it was about. It, Is it about abuse?
2: I think it's about, okay, here's my take, and I could be wrong. I could be way off the base. I think it's a, it's a song about him, oh, hey, my dog's going to bark, Steal my dog. Oh, goodness. it's Beastie Boys. Do,
0: do, 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 do,
1: Jane's Addiction?
2: I think, it's a, I think it's a song about him like remembering a breakup after his drug, after his rehab.
3: Like well, no. he's coming kind
2: to of terms with it, like like way later. And I could be wrong here, but there sounds like there's he's been disconnected for a while, and he's like, "Holy shit, I'm not yeah, I'm not I, with I, her I, anymore."
0: I, I felt like it was love going wrong until it comes to the hear the scream so loud, wake up to the broken glass. Yeah, it's a scene from bad to worse. Uh, yeah, I was like, okay, well, that seems a little bit. Yeah, you could be right. Just my feeling. I, I don't. I have. I could be talking my ass, but. It's, uh, it's I, definitely I a sad I, song. I, I wouldn't but. have picked it uh, a long time ago as my as my favorite song, but right now it is. It, it just every like you said, Gordo. Everything about it, I love it. It's just a it's just a well done well done song altogether. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah,
2: I, yeah. It's weird to have Sorry. a song that's sad and, and kind of emotional, if you will, but yet so driving and catchy. It's there's a kind of a dichotomy there. It's just it's it's weird. Um, in that respect, right? But that's anyways, what I love
0: about this band. Yeah, yeah they're complicated. They're, they're, yeah. they're
2: much. <laughs> they're complicated. There's way more depth there than I than I remember when I first listened to them. Right? <laughs> it's
0: just it's peeling away yeah. the onions. Ah, <laughs> wow, you just think about them as a punk band, maybe or a rock band, and I think they're a lot more than that. I I do too. I I didn't appreciate them they're, as much uh, as,
3: as I do now. One of I their agree. guitar players that got, uh, he got booted for the original when they brought the, uh, oh, no, I got my bands mixed up. I'm talking about. Uh, uh, Cadillac like Tramps. Can you oh, buzz no. yourself. buzz oh. yourself.
2: Buzz yourself. Buzz yourself. Buzz yourself. Buzz <laughs> yourself.
3: <laughs> we
2: need
1: a gong. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Oh, bueno.
3: <laughs> that's hilarious. Too greasy for punk and too punk to be greasy was his uh, phrase. And that kind of applies to them, though, right? Yeah. He's a bit of a grease monkey. Yeah, totally. A his grease car. monkey. Yeah, he's got his cars yeah. and shit, right? Mm-hmm. So there you go. There, that's my own take then. <laughs> that's a good take. Yeah. I'm on board yeah. with that. That's yeah, why one. not? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, we're heading into the uh, top two.
1: Had oh. uh, this. And again, this is this, "Alone and Forsaken" is is the song that came in at number two. It's it's from their 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 final. Well, it might not be their final album, but their their last release from 2011. And you had this Hard number Times. one, Huffman. I had this number one. Um, and again, this this goes against probably any other band. Uh, you got I, some explaining to do. I do, um, because they do have so much so much good material and so many great songs. I I didn't even realize until yesterday that this was a cover song this is yeah it's by, so it's a, by Hank, a legend it's a Hank Williams song mm-hmm. um, and so I I thought I was gonna have to call an audible but I listened to the Hank Williams song by fix and stick standards <laughs> social doesn't... D does make it better this um, is so old yeah I I just I, Ly- I mean, lyrically, it all always got me, and I recognize that Mike Ness never wrote the lyrics. But it's funny that you know because he does have that country influence. I would imagine Hank Williams was one of those guys that that he probably draws influence from, and the songwriting styles are are kind of similar. To be honest, the, yeah. Again, the 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 songwriting the. You know the vivid imagery in that that Hank Williams paints is 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 awesome, and I think Mike Ness probably copied a bit of that. Sure. So I didn't even realize that it wasn't. Sometimes you can tell, right?
3: So there's a, like, there's a tell in it though. Uh, uh, he sings about a whip whip poor will, which is a bird, a whippoorwill. So yeah, I, okay. read, I saw that. I'm like, well, that's in I'm so lonesome I could cry. By by hank williams as well so
1: um, oh okay
3: so so then down down another stinking rabbit hole i look up uh i'm reading about the whipper whipper will which is sang in many country songs and their habitat is like southeast states okay what it found kind of funny was a little vein of their habitat that stretches up into canada goes straight into saskatchewan so it's like it's a country that's a country bird, <laughs> there you go. So, all
1: right, Gord, you're trying to get a word in. I just,
3: go. I'm, I'm sorry,
2: I just, I before I realized yeah, this was excited, a Hank dude. Williams cover, I'll read you my note that I wrote. Settle here. down. This yeah. reminds me of something. I Turn can't the put smoke my on again. This reminds me. You're I can put my finger on, on us. Is this a nursery rhyme or something? <laughs> 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 I was like, what is the what, the? what the hell is this reminding me of? Yeah, apparently Hank Williams in my head reminds you wanted me. You want to the interrupt up my rhyme. whippoorwill story for that? Yeah, dude. It's, it's it's not like they're in danger or anything. Get over it. Well maybe they are. <laughs> maybe they are.
1: Yeah. They probably I don't know, are. I, I, I think the uh you know the the spin that, that uh social d put on this, you know, the, the intro is just it's it's Mike Ness vocal and his and his guitar just I don't know. That I there this song, and I've gone through stages of when I listen to a lot of social D and then I'll go years without it, but this song is never come off of my iPhone it's Mm. it's the only song that I always keep and I never get tired of it where I could get tired of hearing you know story of my life or or born to lose or something like this I like I can't get tired of this song it's it's one of my favorite all-time songs I solid pick it's, I can't say anything about it. That's why I was. When We were talking about it earlier. I was. I was pushing for it because I was going to be sad if it didn't. <laughs> if it didn't make anyone else's list. So I was impressed, Gordo. You had a pretty uh, pretty high it, on your I list as well. You had a third. Yeah. See, so you, you came around on some of the later material. I totally did. Especially considering you probably never heard it before, though, right? Like I, you said, you hadn't heard the album. I hadn't. You know, I, I'll reiterate,
2: like how impressed I was with that album. It's it's a really solid album for those of you who haven't heard it. Yeah.
1: So the number one song. Um, is Bye Bye Baby off of Heaven and Hell. Um, I was yeah. the only guy that didn't have that on 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 his list, so I'm the donkey that didn't. So I'll let one of you three guys talk about it, because it's not a song that I that I love. Well, he's doing something I should have done a lot of times to get rid of a toxic
0: girlfriend.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: That's what it's about.
2: It, yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know which part to <laughs> comment on. There's a lot I want to <laughs> comment on, but Well, I'm not saying right now, (laughs) Okay, but in the past. I would say this is definitely a a typical... Everyone can relate to that. It's definitely a typical
2: Social D song. It's a straight-up rocker that's really catchy. You've dated a few
0: biatches, haven't you? eh, There's been a couple regretful ones, yeah. What did Huff call it? The stage... What did you call it? Stage Stage five clinger. Yeah. (laughs) It's just getting rid of that shit.
2: It's a great song.
0: Carlin, you had it.
2: Bye, uh, bye, baby. You had it pretty high on your
1: list, too. Yeah, Cease had it six on his list. Gord was four. Morrow was eight. And I was nowhere to be found.
3: Hmm. What did you like about it, Cease? There's nothing too serious about it. It's just a good, good song to dance to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Morrow, Morrow heard some depth that I didn't. I just
2: thought it was a straight up social D rocker that I really like. Absolutely.
0: All right. You and your evil ways got to go. Uh, Is that, yeah. That should be a bumper sticker. <laughs> well, maybe the others will believe your lies. Uh, seems, maybe I'll catch you later down seems, the line because maybe I got better time. things on my mind. Reminds me of that Jimmy tune. Uh, which one was it? Hey Joe, no.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, they're very similar.
0: They go together.
1: <laughs> All right, so there's there's the top eleven slash ten slash eleven. So it's uh, counting it backwards. Uh, Don't drag me down. Born to lose. The creeps. Uh, Bakersfield. Down on the world again. Down here. Cold Feelings, Story of My Life, and then the top three are Dear Lover, Alone and Forsaken, and Bye Bye Baby. And that brings us to, this is going to be interesting because, so this is the egregious omissions and points of contention part of the program, and, you know, really because we were, we were all over the place individually in terms of what songs we liked, what we didn't like, I I couldn't really, nothing really jumped out at me because it's not like it's a this isn't a band that had a bunch of hits and we've missed out on a bunch of hits Mm -hmm. the only maybe one that i that kind of jumped out at me was was angels wings which was Mm. it was fair i kind of popular like i i don't know but i know moral you said off the top you've you've got an egregious omission so maybe i'll just hand it to you here it's borderline but i think another
0: state of mind is uh Pretty close to an egregious omission. Another state Another of mind. Another
1: state of mind. That's off of um what album yeah. is it And
0: and I Another think Somewhere? I think it's an egregious omission because none of us picked it. Hmm. What album is it off of? Mommy's Little Monster.
3: Hmm. Okay. I'll accept that. Yeah, that's so. in, in that yeah, and that uh again I think. That's what the documentary is called too. He's writing that song. Yeah. showing him writing that song on his acoustic. I feel like that song deserves some love. Part of it was written right here, right here in town. Yeah, it was written in Calgary. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Did that's you
1: have it, it on your list?
0: No, nobody had it. Not one person.
1: Oh, hey! All right, well we we clearly we fucked that up. We um, got room for twenty, man. Is um. Does does bad luck fall into an egregious omission type category? I don't know.
0: The, the problem is that whole album is phenomenal. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's almost like. Uh, it's almost yeah. like uh, the whole album could
1: be a top ten itself. It's so good. And this There's is a it. stretch. This is a stretch, but I would say like the way that it 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 flows and the way it almost seems like songs are played. Like I I just I can hear the the order. It again, and maybe it's just yeah. because we just did Black Sabbath. It reminded me a little bit of that. When I looked at that album, I had almost every song on there at one point as as a song under consideration. Like Between Heaven and Hell and White Trash or White Light, White Heat, White Trash, those two albums. I could, if those were the only two albums that they would have put out, it would still be one of my
3: favorite bands. Springsteen said in a, a Rolling Stone interview, "Well, he's a big Social D fan." And uh, I didn't know that. In '92, he said, uh, "Heaven and Hell is is a uh, best record of the year." His favorite album. Oh, wow. yeah. Really? Yeah, that was
0: my favorite record that year too.
3: In '92, that's high
0: praise. Yep, the boss loves the Social D. Huh. All right, that
3: makes well, sense yeah. I was yeah, gonna,
0: I was gonna make a comparison. He's a little bossish
1: oh. <laughs> nice bossish <laughs> bossy well i I think rather than try and search for egregious omissions, I think in this particular situation I don't I don't think there really are a lot that that fit mm-hmm. if that's Agreed. fair to say. So maybe let's let's get into deep cuts uh, seeing as uh, we're we're kind of in that in that time frame here. Um, who wants to start us off with some deep cuts? And I'm sure somebody's, there's only one instrumental that I came across. I'm sure one of you donkeys is going to pick that fucking instrumental <laughs> and get a snap. I did not.
0: Just let you know. well, I thought the same thing. I thought for sure you'd pick it because I almost picked it. It's awesome. Well, why don't you go first and let's just pick it. Let's do it. No. All right. I can't remember what it's
2: called. I can't either. Shit. <laughs> well, i will take a third. then. I'm going to go with uh, I Was Wrong. Yeah, you're right. You were <laughs> like a million times. That's just is so aggressive. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> off of awesome. White, off of white light, white heat, white trash. Yeah, it, 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 it's uh, it's got a lot of radio friendliness to it. it was, it's very catchy. I I think that's a, a very g- decent deep cut for those of you that like the the catchier that side was, of the. It was a radio hit, wasn't it? I, I think it was. It charted. I don't know if it was high up. But I think
1: it, I think it was on there yeah you know what i rem now that you mention it i remember playing it at at c j it it did for a short period of time it yeah. it did it hit uh, briefly, get some right? radio play yeah it did okay i forgot about that my um, memory's terrible
2: off the same album i really really like this song uh, untitled it's, it's yes it's a lot different for them in it, yeah it's it's uh, it's got a lot of um it's not your typical catchy social D song. It's got a lot of atmospheric stuff. It's it's a great song. I, he probably couldn't title it because it's not used to not their typical stuff. So, I got those two as well as uh, Machine Gun Blues, which is completely different than, uh, than I honesty. had a
1: feeling you were gonna pick that one. Did,
2: did you know that? So right off of their uh, their album Hard Times and Nurse your Arms, I really liked uh, really liked that song.
1: I do love too. that song. Yeah, yeah. and I. This was one of those songs that was all over the place in terms of my rankings, and I was trying to fit it in. And I think at the end of the day, it it got it got pushed out. But I did notice that uh, that you had it in your top ten, Gord. So I I was I was hoping you were going to add it because I think it does need to be on the playlist for sure.
2: Thank you, sir. That's that's my three. But uh, yeah. those are three
1: outstanding choices. Thank you, sir.
2: Well done, <laughs> gold star, participation badge,
1: Cecil. <laughs> Yeah. Are you, uh, have you got a, a a deep cut or two for us? Well, I might go three. Three is acceptable. If we got Dude, time, we do. Why not? Uh, They're punk rock songs. It's They're a not, on my, it's our podcast. On my, do you have time? Nerves. Do you yeah. have time?
3: That's true. <laughs> <laughs> on My Nerves. Uh, I believe that's on Mommy's Little Monster. Mm hmm. It, uh, oh, wait. No, no, no. That's on the next one. That's on Prison Bound. Sorry. Prison oh. Bound. Yeah, yeah, that one. Um, yeah, just a good. Yeah, anyways, I can't. I can't summarize it. It's just a great punk tune. Uh, good balance of yeah. of the uh, solos, mm-hmm. riff, and bass, and it. Uh, I just find myself singing it all the freaking time, especially when singing nice. it, it's on my nerves. Um, <laughs> Indulgence is a, another good punk song. That one's as well as well as on Prison Bound. That one is like it's only six sentences, but it's um, it's just it's it's it sums up just the inner just your inner voice if you're struggling with a vice you know or Ooh. an addiction it just it kind of uh, but one kind of almost hits in the feels and it's a bit there's a little dark side to it it's subtle but uh, that Ooh. one uh, that one moves me a little and nice. then my last one anti fashion another punk oh. song. Dude, that's, I almost
0: said
2: that
3: well, one. Well,
1: that's that's mm-hmm.
3: off Mummy's Little Monster, yeah. That's a great and, song. That
1: no, is it, a good song.
0: Is it off Mummy's Little Monster?
1: I, I got, think it is. Prison Bound.
2: Is uh, it? That's off one of the first two. I don't, as don't as remember. It's uh, off of Mummy's yeah. Little Monster. Yeah, that's off Mummy's it is? Little Monster.
3: Yeah. Yeah. See, anti-fashion. Almost, uh, <laughs> I got a take on that anti-fashion becomes fashion. I had like a, a friend when I was younger that would like. I don't. Know, let's say I wear like say I'd proud sunglasses. Like, oh, does that match your purse? And then claim <laughs> to be not not claim to be like not follow would not follow the masses and do do what he wants. Yet, uh, fucking dyed hair and the punk rock look. So it's like anti fashion becomes fashion. You know, you're trying to be like yeah, the. Yeah. uh you know these, these people trying to be like acting like they don't they don't follow follow society don't follow the norms but by being like the opposite, you're you're it's the same thing as falling because you're letting like, you know what I mean. If you're just mm-hmm. the opposite, it's like it's it's your the other side's dictating what you're trying to do. I totally word that. Horribly. No, dude. No, dude. That was took, perfect. But you know what I mean. It's like it's like people trying not to not to fit in. You go to, to be a. Uh, yeah, they're being counter counterculture,
2: but they're to following the rules of that. So
3: yeah, and, and you're there's right. A paradox, was, there's a paradox to it. Yeah. That's all I should have probably said. It's <laughs> a paradox. And
2: it's a straight up punk rock beast. Like that is a uh, punk rock song. There's no, bass. It's like yeah. no bass. It's like no bass. It's just trebly. Boom boom bum bum boom, bum bum dum ba-dum, ba-dum. yeah. Yeah.
3: And I probably shouldn't have took that edible before the show. <laughs> <laughs> God damn! No, I think it was. I think you're on point, brother. Yeah, man. It's <laughs> kicking in right around the deep cuts. It's like a thousand milligrams. It's in droplets. Like I draw a bottle. I thought I think it was safe. I think it was a good call. All right, kids.
1: Again, don't try that at home. Um, it's legal here. <laughs> yeah, It is. Uh, I'll Jeez. I'll go n- I'll go next. Uh, I hate to go. Uh, there's one song that I'm not sure if Moro's gonna. Going I just to pick. go, man. What's I got
0: that? about eighteen songs. So
1: okay, well that's good. Um, maybe there'll be some um, some overlap here, but uh, <laughs> and it, this this goes back to our white light, white heat, white trash, love. But um, through these eyes mm. is uh, is is one of my favorite songs off of that album. That intro, just you know, Ness's vocals with with kind of a guitar strumming, and, and then just hats. Right, <laughs> yeah, like it, yeah. and then it and then it goes in again into a straight ahead rock song, and and, um, and the drumming on it is great. It's a good tune, uh, great song. <laughs> um, let it be me. I'm gonna take off the self-titled album. It's got that guitar solo intro. Oh, it's a little yeah. bit of a chant song. Let it be me. Let it be me. Oh, yeah. that'd be great that, at parties, right? Right. Uh, that's a that's a song that I can't get enough of. Um, don't take me for granted is off of uh, Sex, Love, and Rock and Roll. Mm. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking that. Those were the three, and then I was trying to stick to three, and then I I got to go back to White Light mm-hmm. and a song called Pleasure Seeker that Pleasure. I think is an underrated song of theirs that heavy. Um, Heavy, Yeah, heavy, it's, heavy. it is heavy, and uh, so anyway, I'm gonna throw that in. Sure. So I kind of, I kind of cheated. I took, I took four on that. Would,
2: before we get into morals, would you guys be surprised, or would you even agree that that White Light was our favorite album? Like, I, I didn't realize before the process that that album for me was going to be my favorite, and it, it really stuck out to me. Did you, did you
0: guys feel that as well? It seems to be getting some love
2: on our. Uh, it on it our is one record. of
0: my favorites. It is, but then the more I listen to everything else, mm-hmm. the more I realized it's like a slim margin. Yeah, it's, yeah.
2: it's not ahead by a by a
1: country mile, that's for sure. It's it will always be when it, when it and and there's a lot of albums around this time frame. Just because, again, in '96, you know, we were all we were in our own sort of bands doing our own thing, so. You know, Gord, you were with a bunch of other guys, but but me and oh, and Moro and and, 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 <laughs> and and me, Moro and Cease were, were were together. I wasn't along paying with, attention. With what are you
3: talking about?
1: <laughs> Fuck off. Let me finish my thought. I had a face. me and Moro and Cecil were, were in a you know in a band together with Bren, and we listened to this album quite a bit. We we mm. we you know played a couple or we played one song off of it. We it was just this this album just is attached to a certain time in my period where we're really having a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, dude, that was legendary times, man. Legendary times. We had, like, great, great times. So this, this album, once I started listening to it again and I... The only song off of there are two songs off this album that didn't make my list. One was "Dear Lover," which is funny. That was number three on our list. It's never been one of my favorite songs. And the other one was "Under My Thumb," which is which is the remake. And uh, I'm just not kind of I'm I'm not big on that song to begin yeah, they with. They broke broke anyway. the cover rule.
3: They didn't make yeah. it better.
1: Yeah, they did. They did not make it make yeah. it better. So anyway, that's a long answer to a short question. But this is this is a song, an album that I'll always love. I think
2: that's great. I didn't have that love at first, and I uh, I definitely have it now. Now I'm dying to hear Morals Deep Cuts. Yeah, Morrill,
0: What have you got? What do you got? Deep Cuts. Well, I got. I have to say a few things. One, because I when I li- I listened to the playlist and the the second. Songs, whatever, 11 or 12 through 20 are fucking phenomenal. So I have to, like, give a shout out to a couple of those. Okay. Drug Train. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, About the fun of doing drugs and the ensuing misery to follow.
3: <laughs> what?
0: Aces? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the pleasure and fun of drugs. Um, And So Far Away, and you had this one too, Huff. Oh yeah, uh, because for me it's that so song, good. it's about trying to prove something to someone else, and you know, I'm not going to say I spent a lot of time doing that, but I spent a lot of time doing that.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you. I'm glad that ended up coming in at number thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Right. So those, I mean, those
0: are on the list. Yep. But, but for deep cuts,
1: yep. Uh, I don't have to pick another
0: state of mind because that's a, to me an omission. But I'm going to say it anyway. Um, <clears throat> And we talked about "Got to Know the Rules," our first cover tune, but uh, I want "What I Want" from "Prison Bound," and it's a fairly obnoxious song, but it's a it's a great song. <laughs> uh, it's good. So, I want "What I Want" from "Prison Bound," and then I went to the uh, to the social D master, Mister Conlin Wood, mm-hmm. and uh, he he brought out a couple. He, he, one was "Got to Know the Rules," which we've already said, and it's on the list. Uh, yep. But he had nickels Tremendous and Di- song. nickels and dimes. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Good Yes, call. Good, yep. good, good call, con. King of fools. Hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which I think. No. Yeah. And then he had an obscure one, which is a bonus track on the newest album. It's "I Won't Run No More," and I listened to it before the podcast, and it's fucking phenomenal. So it's a bonus track. It, it's like a bonus track on that album. Really.
2: I yeah. I can't re I actually can't recall hearing that one. No, yeah, when you hear as it, I you'll as like I'm
0: Feverishly it. typing to, yeah, I don't, I, I won't run no more.
2: Huh? Okay. And anyway, so so if 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 you don't mind me oh, asking, yeah, what, what, what was con <laughs> what was Conlon's take on uh, on the latest album? Did did he give any uh, insight to that?
0: But he's always been a he saw he he was telling me he saw. Uh, Social D, two years ago, uh, at the House of Blues in Chicago. Nice. So, wow. You know he's he's been a Social D fan from from the days we started listening till today. So I think I think he pretty much loves it all. And him and I used to listen to a lot of Mike Ness as well. So
1: I remember that you used to have the there's the and I've never. Listen to the solo stuff, which is weird. I don't know why I would do that. Great camping. I remember seeing there's the one uh, CD cover where it's two thirds of it is a picture of him, and then on the right hand side is basically a, a, a listing of all the songs that are on yeah. the yeah. on the CD. I remember I remember seeing that at your place all the time. It's like old it, school. They did that yeah, in like the fifties. Yeah, and I've and I've never listened to it, but I think I think I should probably do that. So.
0: Oh. Well, it's, it's like I said, as far as camping music goes, you can't find better. Oh, agreed.
1: Well, also we've we've outdone ourselves, gentlemen, because uh, you know, we we thought that the uh playlist was going to come around in at around 26 to 28 uh songs and we actually hit 31. So <laughs> for those who are betting at home, I hope you took the over. Lucky 31. Um, so, yeah, we're going to come in at 31. But again, it's The playlist is going to be awesome, so make sure that you do uh, uh, you do check that out. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Social D, it was awesome. It was, uh, was awesome. Yeah, Cecil if, D. C- C- Cecil D. If uh. Uh, if you did enjoy it, make sure you tell your friends, your family, your neighbours, your co-workers about it. As always, we do appreciate your support. And don't forget, you can email the show at Podcast at gmail.com we may even feature your email in an upcoming episode of Gord's Pouch. Nice. Um, yeah, don't miss an episode. You can subscribe to the Picks and Sticks podcast. You find us everywhere: Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Amazon, Pandora, and so on and so forth. And please uh, send
0: if- us mail because Gord's Pouch is shrinking.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. It is. It Shoot. is. A, it. It's not. It's not full enough. Um, so next episode. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's 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 talk about uh, what's coming up in in February. February, Ooh. we've got a, we've got a couple of great uh, great things coming up. So first and foremost, we're gonna we're bringing you a Valentine's Day special. Oh, um, and it is special. It is. It's going to be outstanding. I'm I'm compiling uh, some of my uh, some of my list. So it's. I, I will tell you, it's not going to be a bunch of Peter Cetera and uh, you know love ballads. I don't think it might be. We're allowed feel, to pick whatever we want, but it's going f- to it's gonna be a like, picks and stick style Valentine's Day.
0: I feel like we need What a, do you like, feel? I feel like we need a recipe on that episode. Like, you know, something to cook for Okay. okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. To cook for your
3: significant cake?
0: other.
1: Whoever or whatever it might be. All right. Yeah. Well, there yeah. you go. That'll be maybe the return of uh Mortha Stewart, Martha. Um, and I do know that uh, I did. I did get a, a shout out from uh, Michelle Zubik who um, said that she was looking forward to the Picks and Sticks cookbook. So whenever we uh, whenever we get that put together and out in bookstores, uh, we'll make sure that we uh, that we give away a few copies to the listeners. Uh, so that's that's one of the items uh, coming up in February. The other uh, thing that's happening in February is. Rage Against the Machine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh shit. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so keep an eye out. Keep an ear out. Whatever I'm supposed to say there uh, for those two episodes. And uh, thanks very much for listening. And until next time, see. See See